that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but... Um, By the way, wait, a disclaimer, we are going to jump around a lot, so enjoy we our jumping around. Something I wanted to talk about was trying to understand why we are the way we are. And by that, I mean, like, sometimes, like, you're like, why don't I accept gifts? Why does this thing trigger me? Why does, like, why do these things just, like, have such an adverse reaction? Like, why do I have such an adverse reaction towards them? And why am I not able to communicate? Why am I, like, having such a hard time being vulnerable with other people? And a couple of days ago, having a conversation with my friend about this because it feels like, it feels like as, we're, as we get older, we're unlocking these pieces and we're it's like we're having these moments where like this makes sense this is why i can't do this and um when you when you realize these things it like it makes you feel like like a broken person it makes you feel like you have like like a lot that just messed up with you and i think that just it's like growth is so like even when you think you've done so much growing you have so much more to do and something that I found that some people do um, when they've been through a lot is that they like spend their time like being like, everyone's gonna leave me and everyone's gonna hate me. And people like, what am I doing all this for? Especially like for mothers um, who spent a long time raising their children. And they get to a point where they start to question like, why am I putting all this effort into my children? If my children are gonna leave me like everyone else, when Really, they didn't leave them, but some of them got married, some of them started their careers, and some of them are trying to establish themselves. And so I find it comes from, like, this this mentality it really comes from a place of just they've been neglected by either their spouses or their their, their extended family. And, um, and they also have, like, this amazing low self-esteem. And it causes them to feel like, like all their efforts are just, like, they're going to waste. And... The reason why I'm talking about this is because, like, when my sister got married, um, she eventually left the house and she, like, went, you know, went about her life. And she, you know, when you get married and you have a child, it's, it, it's going to take a lot of your time, you know? And it's not going to be easy for you to, um, to, it's not going to be easy for you to constantly have time for your, your family, like your, your mother, your dad, your, your, uh, your siblings. And that's completely understandable. So sometimes uh, I, I find that like my mom, for example, has a really hard time um, wanting to try with the rest of her kids because um, she just like, there's no point in it. She's like, I'm going to eventually just die alone. And because she has this ideal that this idea that she's going to die alone, it like, it like, it kind of shows in the way that she treats us and the way that she talks with us because it's like when you when you expect something bad to happen, you're gonna like you're gonna adjust yourself to get do, to be prepared for this bad thing happening, and you might this might cause you to you know lash out at people or you know just neglect them or put them down because you're like okay then they're not gonna stay so it doesn't matter, and I feel like this all this call comes from a place of trauma because um, when you feel like you have no sense of control and like no sense of like say in anyone's life, you start to, you start to like wonder like, what's my purpose here? And it just makes you want to like run away, and never come back. And I feel like with my parent, with mama, with my mom, she's been experiencing this, these emotions a lot. And it's the point where she's just like, it's like, it's like people do this thing where they project 
your emotions in a way like, like, oh, I don't want you to leave. So I'm going to tell you, I don't want you here. And so it's like, okay, um, now you don't think I care because I don't want to seem vulnerable around you. And I don't want you to think I want you here to stay. And I feel like this is something that I've noticed in a lot of my relationships because we know a lot of people know what they want, but they're so scared of not getting what they want um, or people letting them down. And so they ruin things for themselves. And even when they have like a good thing around them. And I feel like I do that sometimes as well with my friendships where I know that I have someone good in my life. And I know that, I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them there as a gift for me and that he's going to take them away when I'm ready for them to, to go or whatever. And sometimes like, I feel like I sabotage some of my relationships and I'm working on not doing that anymore. But I feel like that's what I learned. That's what I, that's, that's, it's like, it's like, some, like, I feel like a lot of the behaviors that we, we, we learn from our parents and we go, like, we're never going to be like this. We end up being exactly like it because that's what we know. And that's what we are used to. And it's like, we learn by behavior. We learn by like copying behaviors. And when we like copy those behaviors, we end up being like the very people that we, we don't get along with or despise. And I just felt like it was something that I want to talk about because I feel like a lot of pair, a lot of people have a lot of like ups and downs or not the best relationships with their parents because their parents sometimes are the, the people who abuse them the most. And a lot of parents don't do it because they are ill-intentioned or because they're evil, but because it's just a cycle of abuse. It's like, oh, okay, I had to deal with this, you know, through my mother, so I'm going to do it again because it's all I know. And um, that's just something that I feel like it just it creates more and more broken people. And anyways, what do you think, Fatma, bro? I agree. I, I had a, like a several thoughts to say after listening to that. I'm going to try to structure my response in a way that makes sense. So first of all, I think that us now, like the work that we have to do and, you know, the work that people should be doing in their late teens and early 20s before they get married and before they have kids is figuring themselves out and, um, you know, getting the proper help and having these like hard conversations with themselves to fix these things before they have kids that they don't pass it on to the next generation. And then it just becomes like a really bad cycle. I think that the reason why a lot of like our generation, like Gen Z people or maybe millennials, um, ex like go on to, might go on to abuse their own kids and why like our generation might have experienced that kind of stuff from our parents is because it's that like it was um, unresolved trauma and they never addressed it because for them it was like a taboo topic or whatever so they were like oh we don't go to therapy like we just pretend emotions don't exist and then obviously that gets passed on to your children by the way you treat them so I think like working on ourselves is really important I also want to say that like even if so like I always see this on social media, like people are talking about like childhood trauma and usually it comes from parents, but I don't think parents are the only source of childhood trauma. Like I think some other trauma that you might pick up is like from the people around you, like maybe you felt neglected or you felt like you weren't good enough for anyone, like based on the people around you. And I think that's also something you have to work on because you, you have the same responses as your parents. And the third thing I had to say, which now it feels like it's kind of off topic, but whatever, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, 
I was actually listening to this podcast like a month ago and I don't remember exactly what was in it but I remember she was like her name was Jazz Thornton she's a mental health advocate and she was talking about how throughout her childhood um she like her the the like her trauma started when her dad left when when she was three years old and she never had like an actual relationship with him or knew him and she thought the reason like in her three-year-old brain the reason was I peed my bed and that's why my dad left and it's all my fault which is really sad because she was just a kid and everybody pees the bed when they're a kid but that was what she thought and ever since then like every time she'd get close to someone she would like do something to um push them away because she was afraid of like people seeing who she was and she thought if that like if they know who she actually is they wouldn't want to be friends with her and I think mm-hmm. a lot of us might feel that way and we don't, we just don't tell anyone yeah yeah I agree I I feel like that relates a lot because it's like it's like your parents are the people who are supposed to tell you to value yourself and teach you how to have that self-confidence. But if they are in a way like playing a role into why you perceive yourself as less than others, then like when you do get into a setting, um, like for example, like if you're in a setting like at the university or like a master or whatever, and you say something and people don't hear you and they just pass on, the conversation keeps going. A normal, not a normal person, but like a person who has been acknowledged and seen and, you know, um, you know, someone who has been treated like with some respect, like they matter, they won't be heard about it. They'll be okay. They didn't just, they just didn't hear me. But like for someone who has that, that, that those years and years of just being ignored or being neglected or just being like, like being put second or third or even fifth or even last or whatever, then it's like, they're going to take these things way more personally. It's like, sometimes like when I receive criticism from like some people that I know, it's like these, they're, they're saying these things because that's how healthy people communicate. And they're like, okay, this is, this is how I feel. And they're not attacking me. They're not attacking my values. They're just saying, okay, this is something I didn't like and let's work on fixing it. And because like, it's like, it's like, I will take, I'll be so sensitive about that because of just the way that like growing up, I felt like I couldn't have an opinion because like my parents, if I had an opinion, I've had an opinion that went against like one of my parents it's like then I'm automatically on the side of the parent that I'm agreeing with if that makes any type of sense it's like when your parents don't like each other then like you can't agree you're with put one. in the middle and they mm-hmm. expect you to be their their mediator both yes. of them yeah. and you can't be their mediator because like I think at one point in my life I was no one's mediator because I literally just wanted to stay out of it. But then I got, as I got older and I saw like the things that were happening, I did choose a side, but the more I, the more I like, uh, I became affiliated with that one side, the more harm that I bring, that I would bring to myself when, when like they eventually made up. And so it, it made it hard for me to want to get involved in these type of things and like, not like have opinion in general, because it's like, it's like, I know what I like, I know what I want. But then I also don't want to make anyone angry about that because if I do, then I'm going to get punished for it. And so I think like, yes, like our parents aren't the only people who do, who, who like, who hurt us. But like, I feel like it all starts in the home. It all starts like your, like your entire character and the way you view yourself starts there and um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting though how like, our different life experiences might lead us to have like different opinions about this because I would actually disagree with you (laughs) I feel like what yeah go on I feel like 
there's so much that you can do as a parent and, you know, instill these things in your kids when they're young. But if you put them or not even you put them, like if they are in an environment where maybe like they go to school and you don't know what happens there. And like from a young age, maybe from like first grade to like fifth grade, they get bullied and people make them feel like they're not worthy or like that they're nothing and that they're worthless. Mm -hmm. That's going to stay in their heads forever. And like, even as a parent, like even if you're like the best parent on the planet and you're always like telling your kids that they're worth it or whatever, and mm -hmm. you're taking their opinions, et cetera, et cetera, like you, you can't really fix that. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, yeah the foundation is laid there, but like at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like you, who you are as a person and your trauma responses and everything that you do is like, a. am pretty sure I'm pronouncing this word wrong, a culmination of all your different life experiences, whether or not they happen in your home. Home or not. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I could agree with what you're saying because I think like a lot of the times there are like amazing parents who like do great and they and they do exactly what the book says to. Um, but then their their children do end up in places like it like bad environments where they are like harmed and they um and that might like hurt them a lot, but um, yeah, and like you were saying, the parents really can't do anything about something they don't know. And then also they, they, there's only like the parents are one person, like two people, but then the rest of the world is like, is there. And there's a lot more um, influence that's happening there. But yeah, I think you could see both sides to it because at the end of the day, the negativity or the abuse comes from somewhere and either way, it's not fun or fresh. But we're alive and we're well. We only have existential crises every other day. <laughs> we cry ourselves to sleep every other week. So we're doing fine. So yay, we are surviving. And I think that also another thing is like quarantine gave people way too much time to be able to sit down and think about this. I don't know. So... <laughs> No, I, I agree because it's like the more time you have to just reflect on it, the more you're like, wow, I'm really messed up. And I have so many issues up there. And I, um, it just leaves a lot of time to just be like, I hate myself. And, and there's only so much that our friends can do to make us not believe that. Because if it's something like you're with your, you're with your mind 24 seven and someone's not going to constantly be like, combating all these emotions and thoughts that you're having because we're not constantly there um and so that's why I really find it important to try to talk with that voice in your head and try to get them to understand hey you don't know what you're saying you're being you're being dumb and just really putting them in place because that voice we've given that voice too much power and we've given that voice too much like say because um it's like it's like we're taking everyone's opinion and everything that people have said and we're holding it to such a high value to the point where it's all we hear in our head. And I find that to be so harmful to us because it's like, it's like I'm, I care so much about what everyone's saying instead of caring about what I actually think. And I feel like that's where we lose our personalities and our characters as we grow up and as we like, we mix in with people who aren't the best for us or we, or we like carry all those harmful words um, that we've heard in the past to such a high standard and, so that's how we lose ourselves. But um, this is such a watered down conversation. I know. I was a lot of things. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that disclaimer to everybody listening, 
Um, obviously, we have a lot more stuff to say about this topic. It's just that like you want to decide how much you want to share about yourself with yeah. the public <laughs> versus like how valuable the things are. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But I was going to say one topic that I wanted to segue into that we kind of talked about a little bit um, over text or Twitter or whatever, Twitter chat <laughs> earlier was um, there was this podcast that I was listening to and it was like, wow, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like it applied a lot to what we were talking about. And it was like, when you said hurt people hurt people, it was talking about this thing called reactive abuse, where like, if you're dealing with somebody who's like a narcissist or an abuser, like, they will, um, like, obviously, they'll, they'll abuse you first, but then they'll do something that they know will drive you crazy, or that will make you like go insane and like start screaming at them. And then they'll calmly sit back and they might like film you and show it to people. And be like, oh, they're the crazy one. <laughs> No, I really, like, I could, I live that. Literally, let me explain it to you. So my sister Selma, she, like, when she was in college, she was obsessed with the whole idea of narcissism and BPD, right? Like, um, BPD. Like borderline personality? Yes, 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 borderline personality disorder. She was very, very intrigued by it because it seemed like our parents, Bubba was a narcissist and Mama had BPD, BPD. And the reason why she felt that way was because like it was it was that same exact thing you're describing where it's like someone like <laughs> someone does something really provocative, really horrible and really like just just nasty. And after they do that um, and they and they um, they do all that horrible stuff, the person who's experiencing that they are going to react because that's a lot that they just had to experience. And once they, once they get that reaction, the narcissist is going to be like, when they sit calmly, like acting like nothing happened, they're going to be like, why are you acting? Like, why are you acting crazy? Why are you uh, being overdramatic? And they, it's like, they do it to like, to make you feel like you are crazy. And it's like, it's like this whole thing that happened in my household where um, this is going to sound personal, but like, it's like, it's like Baba would call like Mama's extended family and tell them, uh, tell them like a lot about, you know, what she does wrong or all the things that like she's failing at. And then he'd blame her for so many things that were out of her hand. And then when she would react and do something, um, I wouldn't say worse, but something like along the same level of severity, he would, he would like, he would like try to get everyone in the household to be like, look what your mom, look what your mother did. Look what she did to, look what she did to me, even though like he started it. And I, like, like I said, again, this is going to sound really watered down because details are ugly, but it's like, it's like, how do you deal with those people? Because like those people, they like feed off of your reaction. Like, like if you react to it, they will, that excites them. And so like something that I learned living with a narcissist, I know he wouldn't, diagnosed with a narcissist but I've personally diagnosed him and I don't think there is a diagnosis well there is now and I just said it <laughs> so when I like for me like I I found the best way to deal with that type of stuff is to just speak so calmly and to just like be so detached from what they're saying and I found that it just even though it helped calm down situations it like made me lose my own person like my own like thoughts and like my opinions that's just something that like when you deal with that type of person it like it starts like it really really starts to make you feel like you're crazy because it's like 
a lot of the times my mom starts a conversation at like with am I crazy am I like what am like like is this my like it's my fault like and I'm just like no it can't possibly be your fault and going back like in this whole topic just like like when I think about like this like having a narcissist living in your household it, it makes you think about like how that narcissist affects everyone else because it's like the person who's receiving the most abuse from the narcissist starts abusing other people because they have such a little control over their lives and they're like okay what do I do let me abuse my children <laughs> and so it's really lovely but what do you think bro I was gonna say if you're on the receiving end of that I think it's like really hard to like get a grasp of what reality is because when you react you end up feeling really guilty about your reaction um and I don't think this is just like for dealing with narcissists like in my personal experience I don't think I've ever dealt with one like personally I've probably met one (laughs) but it wasn't like a personal relationship but like I'm saying like um even like for dealing with like toxic relationships or like just you know regular friendships I feel like it's really hard to know like when you're right versus when somebody else is wrong because you tend to remember all the good things that happen at one point. Mm-hmm. And I think the podcast I was listening to was saying even like um, in an abusive relationship, they're gonna, you know, it, it, like it's like extremes. Like there's like extreme love and then extreme hatred. Yeah, it's um, called love bombing. That's what it's called. Yeah, so you remember like the good parts and you don't remember the bad parts. And um, the problem with that is like, you're just like, okay, well, am I the the bad guy like good things happen this person treated me well at one point um so when it comes to like blaming you end up just blaming yourself and I think this is also a problem with like dealing with like toxic friendships or toxic relationships Mm -hmm. or whatever it's so hard to cut people off because you remember all the good things they did for you um and not necessarily all the bad things and then you're gonna be like okay so maybe I'm the crazy one like I maybe I'm the bad person. That's why they were like this to me, but they're not like this with other people. And that's why they have other friends or whatever. So I think- Don't you ever start to think you're ungrateful? Like you're like, oh, am I just like, like, are they actually treating me good? And and I'm just like, so picky and ungrateful to the point where I like, I am the problem because it's like, it's like the way I like to think about it nowadays is that like, if overall I'm not feeling happy with the, with the friendship and like, yes, they did they did give me like nice gestures or like kind kindness here and there. But like, I feel like that, that should be the expectation always that someone's going to give you kindness and yes, there are ups and downs in any relationship, but it shouldn't be like to the point where you feel like you're suffocated in a relationship. And um, I think that cutting people off is one of the most difficult things in the world because, well, there's a lot of other difficult things, but like it's, it's top 10 and not number it's not number five or yeah. six eight nine ten so it's one of those at the top ones but yeah i i think that the best way to handle everything is just not to have anyone you know and just just seclude yourself go live on an island alone yes, i idea. <laughs> very smart no but seriously what what like maybe tips would you have for that for me i think it's like overall how they make you feel right like obviously like you said there's ups and downs in every relationship so at the end of the day like if you have one fight maybe like once every like three months I mean fights are part of a healthy relationship right like Mm -hmm. I feel like when people agree on everything that's a bit of a problem because 
like it means that one person is like giving up their opinions <laughs> or their personality to please, please the other person but like when the fights are like super frequent and you leave from them feeling really really bad um maybe that's when it's time to leave I don't know maybe just like an overall like how how they make you feel in general yeah so I guess like some tips I have for like, dealing with like I guess relationships that aren't really beneficial to you or relationships that are just harming you um, is to sit. I know this will sound silly, but sometimes you have to sit down and make a list, a pros and cons list. And to just, cause sometimes like when you're, when you're just sitting alone with your, with your head, it's hard to really, um, it's hard to, to really categorize everything and be like, okay, this is, this is how I feel the majority of the time versus um, versus like, you have to really like be able to draw it out and you can't do that in your head, do it on a piece of paper. And then I know that a lot of times we don't, like I don't personally like to do this anymore because I feel like it's harmful, but like talking to other people about your relationship to see what they think, um, it's not the best idea. So I don't recommend it because a lot of people like they might not have the your best interest in mind and they also might not understand the dynamic between you and the person and so i feel like the best thing to do is actually talk to the person about how how you feel the person that you're in a relationship with and, and explain to them this is how you're making me feel and try to understand why they're why they're going about treating you the way they do and based on the reaction that's when you decide to stay or leave because people who care about you are going to want to try to understand and try to fix it but then people who like, gaslight you and like, like no i didn't do this blah blah don't understand that this is how you experience the situation and that's doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate in terms of like how in terms of like their opinion but um yeah it all has to do with like communication um so i know a lot of the times people have issues to begin with is just their fear of communication and just like having people reject their ideas and just being vulnerable with that type of stuff. So I think those are some two tips and I think that I'm still working on it. And so, uh, and I haven't found all the right answers yet, but um, so far that's what I know, but yeah. I agree. I also think another problem with even the pros and cons list is like, it's so easy to gaslight yourself and yes. tell yourself that you're the problem. So gaslighting might not even be coming from an external source and might just, and, and to define it, gaslighting is like where, how do you define it actually? I, I know what it is, but like. I think, let's, let me pull the definition of it because I don't want to say something silly. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the definition of gaslighting is, it's a type of lamp in which, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it's to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Or perception um, of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or like it's uh, another definition is it's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual group, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment. And I, I completely agree with you. Sometimes we gaslight ourselves. And I feel like that all comes from a place of just we like when you don't value your opinion or you don't value like yourself, you're going to be like, I'm overreacting or this didn't like you're just going to try to keep brushing it like like you can be like, whatever. It's OK. You know, it's gonna get better because you feel like this is the best you could ever do. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so just to recap, what we talked about today was really important. We talked about the stuff we talked about today was like dealing with, um, you know, pleasing our parents or mm -hmm. proving ourselves to others mm -hmm. versus staying true to ourselves and to our dean. And then we went a little bit into talking about like abuse and um dealing with that and you know tips for dealing not even just abuse like dealing also with like toxic people or um dealing with p 
people who might lower your self-esteem or your self-worth. Um, do you have any closing parting words to say, sister? I think the last thing I have to say is thank you for listening to the podcast. And also that a lot of the things that I said and maybe that Fatma said are from two individuals that are still trying to navigate life and trying to understand how to perceive themselves and also how to handle um, and treat others. And so everything we say is maybe not 100% accurate. Not, not, it's our truth, which we're still learning about. If that makes yeah, sense. so we may or may not change our opinions like six months from now. <laughs> <We'll see>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that do be happening a lot. But it's <laughs> Yeah. Actually, yeah, I feel like especially at this age, like when you're 18 to maybe like 22 or 23, mm-hmm. it's like you're discovering so many new things every single day that like who you are now is not even who you were like three months ago, which is just really crazy to think about. Yes. So yes. like... That's why we're giving this disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Um, and just a reminder, buy a candle and light it and enjoy it. Just and bask around. in the sun, like Amira said. Yes, and bask in the sun. And also watch the little stitch and um, tell your loved ones you love them. Yes, I agree with that. Um, anyways, thank you so much, Amira, for being here. I really enjoyed having you. Inshallah, you can come back soon. No problem, bro. See you. Sorry, my legs are done now. Bye. Okay, sit down.